Good morning, everybody. Yes, this is my home church. In case some of you don't know me, I'm Krista, and I grew up in this church, literally in the basement, which is now True North Academy. So how cool is that? Um, when I was worshiping this morning, God just brought back to my memory our learning to read graduation, and we would wear these white gowns and these white caps, and we would line up right here, and just the, you're like, yeah, I'm in the big kid class now, and so, you know, God showed me that, and then God reminded me of my grade eight graduation, where I stood right here, and I talked in my, uh, my little speech for, for grad, um, 2 Timothy 4, 7, um, I have fought the good fight. I'm, like, nervous, so I'm forgetting. Let me turn to it. I have fought the good fight, I have kept the faith, and I have remained faithful. And in my speech, I said that I was going to go to high school, and I was, I was not going to let anyone tell me different about who God was. Um, and my life took a bit of a different turn at that point, and I actually turned away from God, and I spent all of my teen years in addiction, and getting worse and worse, and, I, and like, when I say I turned away from God, I 360 it. I started practicing uh, the occult and getting into the new age stuff, and um, yeah, like, God was not in my life at that moment, but I am so thankful that my parents raised me in the church, um, because those roots, once they're planted, they never waver. They never, they never leave. And so, can I just share my heart with you today? Um, my journey, I, you know, I came back to Christ in 2016 when I went into Teen Challenge, and, and God changed my life. And that's where I realized that it's, it's all about him. It's all about the blood of Jesus, and it's, that's literally all it's about. And um, this, in this time in my life, I've been praying and meditating, and, and just earlier this week, I was thinking about what God has been doing in our country. And, and then God showed me a vision, a thin, malnourished bride. And I was, I was taken aback by looking at her, and I was like, whoa, like, I was like, Lord, please give me a different d description <laughs> this morning, but like a skinny fat, you know what I mean? Like the people who just eat all of the junk food and the fast food and all those unhealthy foods, and they just don't put an ounce of weight on, but they're skinny, and you can see it. You can see the squishiness in them. Like they're just so unhealthy because what they're eating is not giving them the nutrients. And so as I was seeing this, you know, the Lord spoke to me, and, and he was saying, I'm going to put meat on her bones, and I'm going to make her vibrant and healthy. And so I just sat in that, and I just began praying and meditating on what the Lord was saying about the church and our nation. And so later that night, I had a dream, and, and this will kind of just lead into what I'm going to talk about, but... I'm not sure if you know that every Tuesday in our community, there's the community table where people go to eat. And so I had this dream, and 
um, I was with my clients and we're at the community table and I have these five trays. And you know, like, you ever, anybody make sheet pan meals where you just throw it all in a pan, shove it in the oven? Love it. <laughs> um, so I had these five trays of raw meat and I knew in my dream that they were dove meat and I've never ate dove meat. I don't plan on it, <laughs> but it was dove meat. And we're seasoning it and we're preparing it. And I was showing my clients how to season it, how to prepare it. If you're a cook, you know that you need to handle raw meat cautiously and carefully. Like you're not gonna go and do a bunch of stuff with raw meat, touch your mouth, you know, lick your fingers and all of that, you know, and you gotta make sure it's at the right temperature when you're gonna serve it and you wanna you know, you don't want to give people food poisoning. And so I'm teaching them and I'm showing them how to do this. And so we're getting these five trays of meat ready. And it's like after that, like I just knew what the Lord was doing. And in my dream, he was equipping us. It's just like what we read in Ephesians and how it talks about the five-fold ministry, and I had five trays. So I know that they have been given to equip people for the work of ministry, and he's doing something different. Well, not different. We're actually just going to go back to our ancient ways, where the five-fold ministry is meant to equip people for the ministry that we who stand before whomever were there to equip them so that they themselves can go teach, can go prepare, can cook, and hand out what the Lord is doing. And that's what I get to do in Teen Challenge. I get to see people that don't know Jesus, and I get to be you know, sometimes what people will only ever see is Jesus through me because they won't pick up a Bible. How do we equip these people? What do we do? They enter our long-term program. They get discipled. We teach them. We build them. We, we equip them. And then, like me, they go out. They start a community office in their hometown where people know all their junk, they've, they've seen the good, they've seen the bad. And so I feel like what I have to share today is going to give language to some of you who've been, maybe even moved across the country to Dryden, that the Lord has moved you maybe for this very reason. Maybe you're going to find purpose in, in what I say today, that as I've prayed this, I heard him say, there's a baby boom coming in the body of Christ. And I've really been in a season of, okay, God, what does that mean? And we're going to have a massive harvest of newborns, newborn babies. Do we have any babies here this morning? Any? We have, like, toddlers. But I'm sure we have babies. <laughs> and he wants to equip us. And he's equipping us to receive them and nourish them and watch them grow in the body in the house of God, and I want to be a part of that. Um, so what I want to talk about is just, you know, the table of the Lord, and that's and this table here, right? I love that we have this right here because this is our everyday 
reminder is the table of the Lord because it's only by his blood. And I just want to talk about how it's time to eat some meat. And I want to just address, because this is something that I've been learning more and more deeper in my intimate relationship with God, is just spiritual immaturity. And, and what does that look like in my life? And so I have three scriptures that I want to just kind of like go through today. And I want to start by saying that there is spiritual immaturity that is normal, natural, and good, um, like that of a baby, right? We're not going to expect a baby to chew meat. We're not going to expect a baby to change its own diaper, right? We are so loving and nurturing to a baby. We feed them their milk. We provide their needs for them. And we're not going to get frustrated if they can't do exactly what we want them to do, right? We expect babies to drink from a bottle. That is normal. That's good. And so with this, if we look at the influx of babies that are coming into the kingdom are going to be milk drinkers. And it's our job to hold them, tend to them, change their diapers. Well, like just putting it in a picture. <laughs> You know, like we're going to expect them to need those things, right? And so if we turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, it says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow up in your salvation. If you have tasted that the Lord is good. So I added verse 3 in there. Now, if a baby um, in three years is not beginning to chew things, that would be problematic. The expectation as a believer is that you grow. And I want to talk to you about that growth. And I want to talk about what unnatural immaturity is. So if you go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, um, we'll start there because then I'm going to go to Hebrews 5. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and this is what he says. For my part, brothers and sisters, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready, because you are still worldly. For since there is envy and strife among you, are you not worldly and behaving like mere humans? For... Whenever someone says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not acting like mere humans? What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? They are servants through whom you believed, and each has the role the Lord has given. I planted Apollos. How do you say his name? Can someone help me with that? Apollos, thank you. <laughs> Um, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. 
Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's co-workers, you are God's field, God's building. According to God's grace that was given to me, I have laid a foundation as a skilled master builder, and another builds on it. But each one is to be careful how he builds on it. For one can lay any other foundation than what has been laid down. That foundation is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become obvious. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work that he has built survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will experience loss. But he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple and that the Spirit of God lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy in that is what you are. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks he is wise in this age, let him become a fool so that he can become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, since it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness, and again the Lord knows that the reasons of the wise are futile. So let no one boast in human leaders, for everything is yours, whether Paul or Paulus, or, <laughs> sorry, <sighs> or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come. Everything is yours, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. So, in other words, we wouldn't act like a human that once, right, because once you are washed in the blood, baptized into his death, and raised to new life, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, you won't act like a human anymore. You won't act like mere humans because there is a standard. And I'm not getting into works. I'm saying that there is a standard of a way of life that believers walk in and that they grow in. So if we're going to talk about spiritual immaturity in this particular case, the church church in Corinth, Paul's saying, hey, by now you should be in a different spot but you're not you're not there and how he and how he knows it is because they're still talking about men as their access to god and this is one thing that you know even in my own life i've had to really be careful and watch it's one thing to honor a leader as a father and as a mother and it's a much different thing to to not understand Um, Because if we go back to verse 21, we read, So let no one boast in human leaders, for everything is yours. Everything is Christ. In the same chapter, he goes through this whole thing about they're all laying foundations, they're all building on Christ, and then this is how he summarizes this section. Therefore, let no one boast in human leaders, for all things are yours. You know, whether it was Paul, Apollos, Cephas, or 
you name it. Um, you know, whether it's, it can, you know, adult and teen challenge or, you know, elevation worship or all of that, you know, the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all things are Christ's. All things. And you are Christ. And Christ is God. So what is he saying? He's saying a mark of immaturity is to be talking on a level of, you know, like what is the point of filling up this room if we're all just going to walk out of here and do the things that we know we shouldn't do? It's not just up to our pastor to preach the gospel, to teach. You know, I love our pastor. I do. He's got some good stuff for us. But what do we do with it afterwards? Because, you know, the truth is, is that the pastors that we see in our world, they're not the high priest. They're not the ones who walked into the temple and tore the veil. Christ did that. And I always, my heart always wants to be ministering to God because he has ministered to me so well that I want to I minister to his heart and do the things that he's inviting me to do. So I just want to encourage you as we're growing, as you find people, you know, when people around you in this community are discussing things on, on a level, let's, let's build each other up. Let's talk about these things. Let's grow together. Let's teach each other so that when we have new little babies we can teach them. You can't teach what you don't know. And it's okay to say, I don't know. But it's not okay to say, I don't know, and then just forget about it. We got to find somebody who does know. And that's not Google. I've learned that. It's not Google. I'm so quick to turn to Google and be like, my kid is sneezing five times in a row. What does that mean? <laughs> Or it's not my mom. Hey, mom, how do I uh, cook this? Is it supposed to be pink? <laughs> what, is raw, what is raw meat? Mom, help me. Mom, can you help me with my laundry? Why can't I put that all in one load? Nana loves when I do laundry. <laughs> ah, they're still teaching me. But why are we so quick to run to those who are around us? when we can be so quick to run to Papa God. He's, he wants that. He wants us to go, oh, shoot, I totally gossiped yesterday about my cousin Julie. Okay, okay, Papa God, what do I do? How do I fix this? What does this look like? You know, instead of running to my mom being like, oh, here's, you know, did you hear what Julie did? And then I went and told this person about Julie, and now I'm gossiping all over again about Julie to my mom. But yet, when we run to God, it just changes things. Uh, this is a side note, but um, this one's not in my notes, but 
I've been really deep into the book of Psalms because it's just beautiful and we see these words shalah and shalah in in a short term is pausing in his presence and you see this you know and it's not just like in the happy Psalms it's in the where David's like has to flee from his own son Absalom and you'll see it that's the Psalms book three and he says it three times in that short little book like Psalms three is very short but it's also like a really hard time in his life where it's like you know you have to flee from your own child and he's just has to like take a moment and pause in his presence but when you're reading each time that David took a pause in the presence of the Lord he changed a shift happened in himself And the beautiful thing with that is when we're pausing in God's presence, we're allowing him to shift things. And God's not asking us to step out of our circumstance, to step out of our storm. And every time I think about that, I think about Jesus sleeping in the boat, and I was like, that changed my life. Reading that story, I was like, I get it. Like, for myself, I was like, I got it in that moment why he was sleeping in this crazy boat because he knew who his father was. And so when we take that minute to pause in our lives, in in the midst of the craziness, and I think back to even just like hard times in my own life, um, coming out of um, postpartum depression, I, I... was hit really hard with that with our first baby and COVID and I couldn't see my family because we lived in Thunder Bay. That was a hard season. And the only thing that kept me going was pausing in his presence where I had all of these crazy intrusive thoughts and like I'm just, the war in my mind was so intense and I was hurting and I was broken and I was like, but I have to be strong for this little baby that is so helpless right now. And I was like, like, got to keep it together. I'm a brand new wife. My wife, my husband needs to see me at my prime time. And I was like, no, but I just had a baby. Like, these were the things going on through my head. Like, it was, it was a mess. And, you know, but God didn't, like, pluck Krista out, send her to a resort in, like, Miami Beach and was like, you just figure it out, honey, and then we'll come back. He didn't do that. (laughs) He helped me (laughs) in my circumstance in the midst of all of my most awful things. And a lot of the times the enemy was like, oh, Krista, but you're a Christian. You're not supposed to feel that way. Oh, but you're, you know, like, don't you read your Bible? Yeah, I did, like 20 minutes ago. Why am I having these thoughts? And it's, it's a continuous thing. It's something that we have to be intentional with, right? Because God is so, he's a gentleman. He is such a gentleman. He will never just impose on your life he won't just you know tell you what's up do this don't do that like he's like I gave you a whole book that is the living word and each time you read it it will change and it will be different so that in those moments where you're struggling the most he's there because he's the holy of holies and he's invited us to go into there he's invited us to go into the heavenly places. And the cool thing is, one day we're all just going to be there. That's going to be our new normal. We won't even have to try to get there. We'll just be there. And so that's, that's the 
main point that I really wanted to, to hit home was we need to keep growing. We can't just stay stuck in our ABCs. And like the picture I get when I think about the ABCs of faith is, so if we went downstairs to True North Academy, we go to the learning to read class. Is it Mrs. Wilson now? Is that who teaches? Um, and she's reciting the ABCs with the kids. And then you pronounce the sounds of the letters, and then you, you know, you, you learn how to do that. That would be normal. We wouldn't think anything suspicious of that, right? They're learning to read. But if we went into the other section of the classroom, those who are working on their grade seven or even grade eight, and they're reciting their ABCs, we'd be a little confused, would we not? Why are they reciting their ABCs? They should be, you know, it's just their English, the literature that is set out for a seventh grader expects that they would know that. And so that's just kind of what it is, you know, for those who are new in the faith, it's, it's a learning process, but we can't just stay in the ABCs of it. We have to mature. We have to grow. We have to, to learn to seek God in different ways. And that's one thing that he's really been teaching me, just even, um, like, I'm only four years into our marriage, and I'm like, I still feel like day one sometimes, because it's, I have to learn this human being, and that it's not all about me anymore, and we're a we unit, and there's just, there's a lot to learn, and if I don't learn that, what would happen to our marriage? I don't think it would flourish, and so it's the same with our relationship with Christ. If we're not continuously seeking him, and looking for him, how do we grow? And when we don't have the answers, we got to look for them. And that's why we have to grow as a church together, because I should be able to go to Doug or to my pastor or, you know, to Lois or anybody in the church and be like, I'm so stuck right now. We should be so comfortable with each other that we can say, hey, I'm struggling in this area. And it's like judgment-free zone. Let's get to work let's put our, I loved Adrian that you were like the armor of God, like how true is that? Sometimes we need our brothers and sisters in Christ to, to put on our, our breastplate of righteousness for us, suit us up and, and just send us out and that's okay. And so I went totally off my notes. I know I said we were going to go to Hebrews 5, um, but I also just think like Sometimes we don't have to go by the script, right? Because sometimes we just need to, to trust in the Lord and, and just speak from our heart, from our desires and, and our desires to know him and to grow in him and to continue to just love on people. And it's a season where people are going to just need Jesus. And are we ready to show people Jesus? Are we ready for that? And I think it's good. We always have to learn. One of the things that, like, when I worked in the, in the women's center in Thunder Bay, I was always like, girls, if you don't see Jesus face to face, you got growing to do. <laughs> because it's true. Like, until I see Jesus face to face, I am, like, I got to go here, 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 and here. And so I always remind myself, okay, I'm still here. Jesus isn't physically in front of my face. Like, you know. That's just the analogy that's worked for me, but <laughs> you'll find your little 
unique things that God's going to show you, right? Like God speaks to me through pictures, through visions, through colors, through just things where Logan is like, what? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just made sense. And, but then he'll like tell me like these really deep prophetic words and I'm like, what? And he's like, how do you not get me? And I was like, I don't know. Because it's our relationship with Christ. We're all different. Like it's not cookie cutter. God's not like, you know, some things are cookie cutter. This is cookie cutter. Coming to the table, eating the true bread of life, you know, eating that, that good bread that's gonna feed us, nurture us, that's like the, you know, like when I was talking about the malnourished bride, when we start eating the true food and not that junk, like we got to stop putting the junk into our bodies. Social media can be good, but it is very damaging. And I've learned that I can get into scrolling on TikTok and I'm watching these TikToks and I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Or, wow, their life looks so good. You're on Instagram, you're like, picture perfect family you just see the good no one posts the nitty-gritty no one posts the bad things and then the other thing is like as soon as you post something you're waiting for someone to like it how many likes am I getting who's liking it I was hoping this person would see it you know because it was like you know and it it can be really damaging and so what are we doing to filter that in our lives Lord what's the boundary that we need to set in our lives so that we don't get stuck because the enemy wants like it's in his word he wants to steal kill and destroy and he tried to do that with connor he tried to do that with sean with adrian with earl with myself with everybody in this room i don't know everybody's name and that would take a really long time but (laughs) he is trying to steal kill and destroy And as I've been in this journey of motherhood as well, too, I've come to realize that's a whole new level of trust in the Lord is with my children. Because I am, this is just me being really raw and honest right now. I am terrified of my kids growing up in the world. Terrified. Like, I'm like, yep, Christian school, they're going there. You guys need high school. (laughs) But at the same time, God's like, no, 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 that's not how it works. Raise them in the way of me. And that's what my parents did. They raised me in the church. And I feel like when I read that, it's, okay, Lord, I plant the seeds. They'll get watered, but I got to plant the seeds. And as a parent, that's sometimes just what we need to do is plant the seed, Um, you know, because I guess like a good way to look at it is I would love for one day when my kids become teenagers that they would just automatically do the dishes, do their own laundry. This is, I'm hopeful, it will happen. But, (laughs) Becky's like, no. But if I'm showing and I'm teaching them, okay, this is like in a perfect world, My children are going to want to do that because they just love me. And so it's the same with Father God. We're just going to put away the sin, the things that we know are bad for us, because we love God. And that's what growing in Christ does. Sin 
goes away. Willful sin stops. If you're willfully sinning still to this day, then you're stuck in your ABCs. Because when we grow with God, we, d- we don't like sin. It, it, there's a difference between the accidental stuff, like, oh, I totally swore at that person on the road. Road rage, right? I have that. I have road rage. And sometimes I forget to pray blessings over the people on the road. And so I, I have a shortcoming. I get angry. <laughs> right? Okay, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I totally forgot. We're going to have times in our life where we're like, oh, shoot, I forgot. I forgot what your word said, Lord. I forgot what you've taught in me. And, and like, that's okay. But what's not okay is when you know that you shouldn't do something and you do it anyways. It's, it's about the motive, right? And so if you know, so I know for myself, I'm not smoking drugs. I'm not drinking alcohol. It's not an option. But if I choose to do that, I am willfully sinning. And so growing and maturing with the Lord, all of that gets easier. And that's one thing I always, especially in our ministry, when we have people coming in from the streets that just can't even fathom not doing drugs anymore, I know the answer, and that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I know once they have that relationship and they grow in that relationship, drugs and alcohol no longer become a want or a need in their life they forget all about it because it's the power of Jesus it's as simple as the blood that he shed for us and it's that easy we need to always be covering ourselves in his blood that's all I have (laughs) that's that's all I got I won't I could ramble on like this stuff fires me up because and I'm not like standing up up here being like like I am still to this day going through stuff where the Lord's like hey did you forget that you have to grow in this area uh yeah maybe (laughs) uh it's tough (laughs) yeah amen okay thank you church so much for allowing me to share my heart with you guys. And uh, Pastor Nick, back to you.